There was only one story in sport this week, essentially, despite the fact that there were still some sporting events that happened, and that was the death of the uh, three South African athletes uh, last weekend. It was a really strange week um, in terms of sport, actually, because it was a it was a week unlike any other. And I've been doing this um, sports journalism for a very long time, so you know, for, for us to be focused on memorial services, funerals, and police investigations um, has been quite a strange week, but. But certainly, Senzo Moyiwa took up most of the um, uh, of the airtime and the um, print uh, space this week, largely because of the manner in which he died and the fact that there's you know a police investigation going on there. Muleni Molodzi um, was the first of the three uh, to pass on last Friday, and his, he he died in a car accident, so there was no investigation to continue. So I think that his achievements almost got um, overshadowed by the Senzo Mayiwa investigation because he was an extraordinarily successful South African athlete, one of the few world champions in athletics that we actually had. Um, So that was a very sad situation. And then the death of Pindile Mwelase, um, under many circumstances, wouldn't have made headlines. And um, in a sense, I'm glad that it did because it brought a focus on boxing on what happens in female boxing and how much control there actually is what needs to happen um, i think i think it was a real tragedy i don't think anybody is in particularly at fault in that situation so it was just one of those really sad things that do happen mm-hmm. now the national prosecuting authority has confirmed though that the 25 year old uh, zonakula mobata has appeared at the boxburg magistrate court in connection with the murder of the bafana bafana captain but we'll get back to some of those stories in a short while let's just get from our other editors rulani your top stories for the week that was Except for the for the ones that uh, Janet is talking about, uh, we had a very, um, I think, metric exam got off to a very good start. We haven't had any incidents, which is very beautiful. And we also, the South African post office continues to, to there's more problems. It looks like every week things are getting worse, even with the Minister of uh, Telecommunications and Postal Services saying they will try and make sure that UNISA students are not affected. Those are the other two stories. Which mm-hmm. All right. And Dion, your top stories for the week that was? Well, certainly I think the death of the, the athletes um, and sports stars has been the major story of the week. Um, there's no doubt about it. If you look at um, those who died, and also yesterday Shakes and Corporal died, uh, former Kaiser Chiefs um, star, three of the four uh, sports stars that have died are people from KZN, so obviously from our from our region it's, it's been a, a real period of grieving, although obviously the grieving is, has been nationally. Um, also interesting in, in, in KZN and also linking up with uh, with what happened to Censor, um, yesterday it was announced that uh, they want to name a sports soccer academy after him. And that story has been doing the uh, rounds in Durban because um, the council has announced that they want to build a sports academy right next to uh, Kings Park Stadium. And in doing so, they've cancelled the lease of a uh, Berea Rovers, which is a, a sports club that is right next to Kings Park. And this has caused some controversy. Obviously, the um, a lot of Sharks fans park at the Rio Rovers, and the Rio Rovers as a club is used by a lot of people, 
and uh, there's a lot of anxiety about the future of a club like the Rio Rovers and clubs in general because the city has now got many sports clubs on a on a month-to-month lease and um, many of these clubs now are in a position where they, they're not really investing because they don't know what the future holds. The city's been quite aggressive saying that it needs to, um, that the clubs need to transform and um, the clubs themselves are in a difficult position because they don't necessarily have a lot of money. They can't really invest and in that way they can't really attract new members. So it's, a, it's an ongoing situation. Mm-hmm. All right. There's the, um, the, the editors and their top stories. And let's start, go back to you, um, uh, Janet. Now, the Premier Soccer League announced the, depo- the postponement of the weekend's league fixtures as well as all national first division matches as a sign of respect to the late keeper and Bafana Bafana captain Senzo Mayiwa. And the Soweto derby has already also been postponed and the governing body has now confirmed that all the matches will uh, not go ahead this weekend. So, Janet, the implications of this particular move for the, for the soccer league? You know, um, this is something that the the PSL is actually quite good at organizing because it's only recently that they have managed to sort out their fixtures to a point where they don't have to shuffle them every week. So um, even though this is a matter of uh, finding space to play these matches, um, all of them sometime in the next couple of months, they do have a little bit of time in order to do this. Um, and they will be able to fit them in, um, particularly, you know, when, when um, Bafana Bafana play, they can play matches that don't involve teams um, who have players in the national squad, that kind of thing. So the PSL are quite good at fitting these kind of things in. I don't think that they've looked at it t- uh, too closely yet because because they've obviously, the PSL and SAFA itself, have been involved in um, in all the memorial services and helping with the funeral arrangements during this week. But they will find a space to fit them all in. There was some talk about what would happen with the Sudan game, and as everybody knows now, that game has been moved to Durban. Tickets are on sale for that game, which is specifically going to be held at the Moses Mabida Stadium in honor of Senzo um, on the 15th. So that'll be the next big shift of focus um, as far as soccer fans are concerned. If my other two editors can just bear with me for a moment because Janet is going to leave us shortly. Uh, just continue with you, Janet. Uh, the replacement of Senzumayiwa at Orlando Pirates and Bafana Bafana, who are the contenders? It's going to be very difficult for Orlando Pirates in particular. I think they're going to have to look at some signings because they do have a couple of goalkeepers on their on their books, but I don't think that they have anybody um, on the level of, of uh, Senzo Mayua. So I think that you're going to find that um, Orlando Pirates are going to struggle a little, a little bit in the, in the, in, in the box. Um, as far as Bafana Bafana is concerned, of course, Itumalen Kune, who is um, the number one goalkeeper anyway, he's still injured. Everybody would have seen him at the memorial service still with a leg brace on, um, on, his, on, on, his, on his leg with his knee injury. Um, so he won't be available for the um, for the um, Sudan game, but uh, there are a number of other um, um, goalkeepers that have been in the Bafana Bafana frame. It'll probably go to somebody like Munib Justice, even though he hasn't had a lot of game time lately. Um, so that they'll have a look around at one of the other the other PSL game. My bet would be they'll go with Munib Justice because he's been part of the setup for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And then Rulani, you know, all the focus really was on Senzu Mayiwa over the weekend, but we lost three sporting heroes. Mbaleni Molahutsi was one of them. I think Janet was, was very right when she said it's because of the way in which he died. I mean, um, with Mbulayen Mulawuzi, uh, 
as we know, it was just a car crash. His car overturned somewhere on the R555 between office and Emalaheni, and it was confirmed as that by the police by Saturday morning. And also, I mean, for me, the whole thing about the week is that it's been able to bring South Africa together in mourning. Sport has always been able to bring South Africans together, and we all feel each other's pain. It's not about the families or the type of sport or about the club that people play for. I mean, you could have seen um, Jean de Villiers also paying tribute. They were all at the memorial service. For me, it's all about how South Africa can come together in mourning through sport and all the things that happened. And it, it's, it's one of those things that really happened in a country. And we as a country, we've been able to manage it to a certain level, having three funerals in one day and having officials, government officials, being able to attend all three funerals it, it, they didn't choose to say, we will all go to one place and we won't go to another place because all of these athletes, they really played an important role in our country. And for me, it was a very warm week. For some reason, it, it sort of, it, it was very somber and it brought back a bit of memory of the week when we, when we mourned former President Nelson Mandela. It was very gloomy and very sad, but at the same time, we were all united. Leon, um, your province has lost a sporting hero. And also you mentioned uh, another Kaiser Chiefs uh, uh, personality, uh, uh, Sheikh Sindhuslapo, which, which also passed away. Uh, more on that for KwaZulu-Natal. What does it mean for, for your province? I, um, certainly there's a lot of grieving going on. If I look at the Sunday Tribune newspaper, which is uh, our sister title, uh, they're the most marvellous photographic tributes and tributes in general and I see all the Sunday papers who've gone with it as their lead story the, um, the aftermath of Senzo's death um, I think it's going to take, take time for people to get over the grieving and uh, I think it's very good that Pafana Pafana are going to be playing um, at Moses Babida I think it will give people an opportunity to come again and uh, pay, play you know, pay tribute to the fallen uh, soccer star. But I think that there's a bigger... I think there's also something historical about what has happened this week, and that is that um, the country has united against illegal firearms. There's a a real sense that uh, things have to change. I think if we look back in a few years' time, maybe what's happened this last week, however tragic it has been, will make a difference to the lives of South Africans in general. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a huge outpouring of anger at the criminality that is out there. I think there's a feeling that not enough is being done, both from within communities and also from law enforcement, to get illegal guns off the streets. Having said that, I mean, Senzo could easily have been killed by somebody stabbing him with a knife. But the focus at the moment is, is on illegal guns, and that's a good thing. We know that, that tightening up firearm legislation has brought a drop in the number of people killed by guns from 34 a few years ago to 18 a day now. But even that is just much too much. Um, and I think there will be a huge pressure on government and particularly on the police to do more. Um, I know that the police have promised that they're going to, to be doing things ahead of 
the um, the Christmas season. But um, there's a, I think there's a sense of a, a lack of faith in the police at the moment out there. And they're going to have to work really, really hard to try and rebuild that trust between themselves and communities. A lot of senior police officers are not seen as being very competent, so management is an issue. There's a, for the public out there, I think there's also concern about corruption within the police force. Many of the guns that are used by criminals are actually guns that have, that have been stolen from police officers or police officers have handed them over to criminals, hired them out to criminals. And that kind of thing has really got to stop. I know that the government have, have uh, said that they're going to uh, tighten up on, on uh, firearm legislation, close loopholes and so on, but I don't think people will see that as enough. I think they're going to have to really work very hard. They're going to have to carry out lots and lots of raids on um, people who are bringing illegal guns into the country. There's going to be... The cops are going to have to draw up lists of the most wanted criminals, go out, find these criminals, mm-hmm. bring them to book, prosecute them, and only then will you start seeing some kind of um, turnaround in the public's perception of the police and mm-hmm. of the government. All right. Janet, before you go, we've lost another female boxer, Pindile Mluwase, at Ladysmith in Ikozulu Natal Midlands. Now, uh, yesterday she was buried as well, and at the funeral, Gert um, Oosthuysen, the Deputy Sports Minister, says that, uh, you know, uh, Mluwase fought against a patriarchal system as men have always dominated boxing. That is true. You know, women's boxing is a fairly uh, recent event. It became a little bit high profile because at one uh, at one stage a couple of years ago you had Leila Ali, Muhammad Ali's daughter, um, involved in professional boxing and she was so much better than anybody else, a bit like her father actually. Um, but it's a very recent um, the sport um, coming to the fore in South Africa. It, did, um, it was included in the London Olympics um, fairly successfully, um, partly because the gold medal went to a British British boxer who had the most amazing personality. She's one of the images from the 2012 uh, London Olympics, and that kind of that kind of um, um, exposure does tend to give some focus onto a sport. But it's a very very young sport in South Africa, and there are very few female boxers in the country. So even though, according to the rankings, there wasn't a big gap between Pindele um, Mwelase and the person that she was fighting against. Probably in ability, there was a bigger gap than that indicates. Um, and I think that's going to be a problem that, 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 that women's boxing is going to have to overcome in this country. They need to expand the base of boxers so that you have more people of the same ability fighting against each other. Janet, thank you so much for your contribution. I know that you have to go, but thank you so much. That was uh, Janet Witten, SABC's Deputy Sports Editor, joining us uh, on our Editors Forum this morning. Rulani, let's continue. And, and I'm going to go back uh, to the case of Senzumiwa. Now, uh, we apparently heard that three more people are being questioned by the police uh, with regards to the murder, and uh, it seems like investigations are in the process of interrogating those suspects uh, who will be placed uh, on an ID parade uh, later during the course of the week. It seems there's progress by the SAPS. As um, our National Police Commissioner said on Monday, that we're putting together a very strong task team to work on the Senzumiwa murder it looks like the police are really uh, sticking to the the members of the task force are really working at it because when you listen to the police spokesperson uh, brigadier never manila he says that in total they've already questioned 13 people 
we have got one arrest and we still have three people who are still being questioned. And because sometimes people don't understand the difference between being questioned and being arrested. When you are being questioned, you're not necessarily under arrest. And what's going to happen, as you've just said, is that there's going to be an ID parade and people who possibly saw the people who entered uh, the Kumalo house on Sunday night will have to identify some of the people. So you you would have, they're going to have a lot of people who look like the people being put together and they have to choose who do they think is the person. That's what happened in an ID parade. If you want to ID one person, you could bring seven people who look like them and say, choose the real person among them. So I'm, I'm really grateful that uh, there is, some movement and already we know that one suspect uh, has been charged and he will apply for bail on the 11th of November, Zamogushe but and we will see what happens with these other three people who are being questioned over the weekend, if we're going to have another court appearance or if they're going to be released is something that we'll be watching throughout this week. I must just say Elvis, from the police side <clears throat> the whole week they were very mum about the progress with the investigation only after Mbata uh, had appeared in court on Friday afternoon. That's when police, actually the NPA, was the first to confirm that, yes, we have charged someone and they've been remanded in custody. And I think the police just wanted people to focus on the funeral instead of wanting to be at court and wanting to to know who is this person. And it would be interesting if he does apply for bail on the 11th of November what story is he going to tell? Who did he work with? Because there's a lot of questions surrounding this, uh, surrounding the, the, this particular case. So it would be interesting to find out more information. And I would imagine if the week, as the week goes by, we'll be getting more information from the police. And Dion, in your neck of the woods, there's controversy around the proposed sports soccer academy. There is controversy around this, and. Um, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that the city was quite aggressive about saying that um, that sports clubs are, uh, around Durban have to transform. Uh, many of them, the city claims, many of them are still, still very old-fashioned and appeal largely to only one sector of the community. Um, and the idea with um, with the sports academy, the soccer sports academy, is is obviously to to appeal to to a broader section of the, of the community, um, Liverpool are the ones who um, are going to sign a lease with the city um, to start this sports academy. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they're looking at Berea Rovers as a site, and it's caused a lot of a lot of concern um, to rugby supporters because uh, the Berea Rover grounds are used by by the people who come to to watch the Sharks play as an area where they park their cars. And also, obviously, in Durban, the the culture is after rugby games and before rugby games is that people bry next to their cars and relax with friends. The after party at Durban is is well known around the world as being something really special. And the Sharks brand is known as being something very special. So the city has to be very careful about how they manage this whole situation concerning the starting of the soccer academy. Liverpool, as a club, are very popular in Durban. Between Manchester United and Liverpool, they're the two 
clubs that have the best uh, support amongst uh, local fans. So Liverpool is a popular choice, I think. But um, what you don't want is you don't want people to feel that um, that the two sporting codes are now at each other's throats in a way. Uh, for rugby fans to feel that they are being uh, kicked out in favour of soccer. And I think the city realises that they had a perception problem here and they've backtracked a little bit, said, no, no, they're going to try and keep everybody happy and um, um, there's room for everybody. So it's an ongoing story. It's certainly going to be one to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, we're all aware that... that uh, um, fans are not going to sporting events as much as they were. It's easier to sit at home and watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. So for for both rugby and soccer, it's important to try and get fans to get to go to the stadiums and to watch games. Yes. And um, it's also important from the city's point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Sharks make a semi-final or a final, it's huge money for the city. It's millions of rand coming in when when fans book hotel rooms and uh, mm-hmm. go out to restaurants and that kind of thing. So all this has to be very, very carefully managed. And mm-hmm. one thing you don't want to do is is chase um, fans away or yes. make them feel uncomfortable. Right. Rolani, let's uh, stick with you. On your list, you had the post office strike, uh, which the CEO of the board uh, uh, of the South African Post Office says they do have a turnaround strategy for the beleaguered state entity. Do we know what that plan is? We don't necessarily know what that plan is going to be, but you, you know, I was thinking about Elvis, but uh, all of us post post box holders, we pay a lot of money at the beginning of the year. I wonder if we're going to get a discount because <laughs> we really haven't been re- receiving posts in our boxes. What what's going to happen? And the post office has has lost a lot of money in the through the strike, and the the minister of Post and Telecommunications has said largely the problem was because of the labor brokers. He's saying that the the process of including labor brokers in their post office services was not handled well, and which is why now there are problems because uh, the labor brokers had come in and while the unions were saying get rid of the labor brokers, give everybody a permanent job, maybe we don't know how things would have turned if those things were done differently. And we had the last time we had was that um, the post office was was offering the CWU about seven percent or seven and a half percent increase, but it hadn't really been tabled. So as we stand, it looks like we might not really be receiving our post in the near future, and we still have to see how things are going to happen. But it looks like mm-hmm. it's whatever the turnaround strategy that they're working on, it has to be some something very big. And I don't know how. Because the minister told the portfolio committee during the week in Parliament that they will prioritize UNISA because mm-hmm. we know that UNISA is a university which focuses mostly on long distance learning yes. and students have to post their assignments. We don't know how they mm-hmm. will be able to say we'll prioritize post to and from UNISA mm-hmm. and then the others will see mm-hmm. how uh, things will happen. And we must well. also remember that. On top of that, this has an impact, not necessarily on, because, I mean, people could say you could receive your mail on email or any other form of soft copy, but people want to mail medication, a lot of documents, or mm-hmm. even 
there's a lot of things that need to be couriered, things mm. which need the post office, and it's, right. it's a very, it has a very big impact. Yeah, well, I can promise you your check is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Dion, unfortunately, we've run out of time. Can you uh, give us a rundown and wrap of your top stories for the week ahead? Certainly, I think that um, the aftermath of Senzo's killing is going to still be one of the top stories. We're going to have um, more from the police on, on how their investigation is going. Uh-huh. Um, you've also got private detectives working on this, and I'm sure that they will want to earn their money and and say what mm-hmm. what uh, what is going on on their side. Yes. So that's an important story. Illegal mm-hmm. guns, that whole debate, I think, is mm-hmm. going to really go much further during the course of this coming week. Wonderful. I think load shedding is a big problem. Yes. Uh, we're going to have to watch what happens with that. Mm-hmm. On the sports side, we've mentioned that uh, the league fixtures are back on again. But we also have a big rugby game taking place um, this coming weekend. Yes. The Bucks are playing yep. Wales. Yep. And uh, it's important ahead of mm-hmm. the 2015 World Cup. Wonderful. That's and then the uh, other one. Uh, yes, is, uh, unfortunately, I've got to cut you short. We haven't got much time. Rulani, quickly yours. And Nungsa taking Kosati to court. And on Friday, Kosati is supposed to meet again. And we also have the petrol price going down. Mm-hmm. And we'll be also be watching what's happening with the Senzo Meiwa. Mm-hmm. investigation and we'll see if by Friday if the uh, the NPA has filed papers to appeal mm-hmm. the Oscar Pistorius uh, murder conviction and sentence which, which, which they said they would by mm-hmm. within right. 14 days following the yeah. sentence.